Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls Perspective. And I am the head hauntress. How you doing? It's been a little while since we've done one. Uh, actually a month to be exact. We our last one was February twelfth or something like that. I don't remember. Right after the Oscars. Very good episode, just listen to that one. Uh but we have not been sitting on our resting on our loyals. We've been super busy as sexy witches doing this, going there, seeing that. Busy, busy, busy. And on top of it, the world's on fire. So, hey, here, <laughs> forget about that for a couple of hours and talk about some geek stuff, some fun things, and enjoy the, the, the simpler things in life, namely film. And with me is my sexy witches for this part of this segment. First, we'll bring in my Portland, Oregon, and Chasters of Nevermore, the theater geek extraordinaire, Raven Jasper Hawk. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Mm-hmm. What's up, witches? What's up? How has the theater been going? Did it, it hasn't fallen down or anything. No, it hasn't. People are actually still showing up. The ticket sales are a little slow, um, but so far, so good. We haven't had to shut down yet. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad that you, um, but your performances, how do you feel about them? Um, well, the show we just closed that I was in, we are either, I, I don't have the exact numbers yet, but we are either number one or number two for the highest grossing show that the theater has had in their history. Oh, no, 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 wow. no, no. So uh, I, it did I, really well. First, congratulations. But I was asking, how do you feel about how you did as a performer? Oh God, I don't. Like this, uh, and, and I, I like judging people, but I don't like judging myself. <laughs> but I mean, do you I, feel I think like I did that, all right? 
I mean, do you think the production was one of, you enjoyed doing it? I really liked being there, yeah. Um, it was a really close cast, and that really helped, yeah. And we got some really I, good reviews that helped as well. Woohoo! Yay for Portland art scene. Let's Bring continue on. to support the arts, and especially in this time of need when so many artists are about to be out of work. Yeah, um, so but, instead of buying hand sanitizer, could you buy a ticket to a damn show? That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> Raven's already said this online, and she's absolutely right. Buy a ticket to a show, buy a painting, support Etsy, do something along those lines. Help some people out that are stuck in their homes. You know, we all have, you know, we can help each other to get going. So anyway, we're not going to talk and get so boxy. Maybe hand soap boxy, but not soap boxy about coronavirus tonight. We are going to talk mm. about it a little bit because we are doing, we are conventioneers, and of course, this is directly affecting the convention set. But before we do that, we have some fun stuff to talk about. Right before all this exploded, I was in Los Angeles with my sexy witch cousin. The <laughs> I don't, I don't like sexy warlock of Orange County. I really want to change your name, but I don't know if I want to be a general pig. pig I don't know if I want to use General Pigtails as your as your new moniker, but it might become your new moniker. Nah, that's that's very specific. We should put it to a vote on our Facebook page because I don't like making decisions. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, gentle witches, please welcome to the show my cousin Aaron Kogan. I, how are you doing, sir? Uh, well, I, I'm still here, so you know that that's well, good so far. You didn't. You, you apparently have thawed out. It took you a while, but you were like an. When I left Man. you, you looked kind of like an icicle, and and holy I had to leave you behind. <laughs> you remember Kurt Russell at the end of the thing? Yeah. That was me, yo. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, and so Raven, imagine him as an icicle, or better yet, I would even say maybe that like like Jack at the Torrance at the end of The Shining. Um, sure. <laughs> okay, uh, but in a East German border guard uniform and wearing <laughs> pigtails and a beard, that was what you had. I, I would like to go on record as as saying I was not the one who came up with the idea of the pigtails. That I was didn't... one of the producers of the film. I know, I know. Hmm. Who was suddenly <laughs> dressing a bunch of people at the last minute to get the show running? Me, maybe. Oh, yeah. So that's actually <laughs> why we're going to talk about here, uh, if you're listening. So uh, so people might recognize the music earlier. That's from the original FP movie. And it spawned a, a sequel, which I got to be a part of last uh, two years ago, Beats of Rage, which is released on Amazon last spring. We actually hit the year mark on that. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's on Amazon Prime for free. It's silly silly fun movie it's a mashup of every 80s and 90s trope you could possibly <laughs> think of put it on the blender puree with sarah Tross's costuming sarah Tross is one of my heroes she's been on the show you can find that episode in season one or two uh, and uh you can also see her work on uh eastbound and down and gem and the amazing gemstones on hbo so she is like legit and uh yep. and a huge hero in all the Tross family, but the man behind the mask himself, or in this case, the eye patch, is Jason mm-hmm. Tross. He is the writer, director, and producer, and star of these movies, and also decided to, because the second one actually did okay, 
for what it was. I mean, no indie film makes a lot of money, but, you know, it, it was inspiring to know that there was an audience out there. And so he decided to make two more movies, the SP3 and the SP4, and he's shooting them simultaneously. And so, as some of you may know, I became producer of the show, I mean, of the film. Um, I won't go into the gory details how that came out, but I'm very honored to be able to say that I am producing these movies. And so I had a set visit, and it was the big crowd day, which is always fun. Dress up, go be an extra, and get to be background and some fun stuff. And I tagged along, and two people ended up tagging along with me this time. My hubby, Paul Kogan, and the cuz himself. And so, cuz, take it from there. You're meeting us at the Motel 6, and you can't find us. There's a, <laughs> uh, the locked well, door. I, yeah, locked door is trying to get into this, uh, well, not the best Motel 6 I've ever seen, let's put it that way, in <laughs> bumfuck Egypt. Uh, Lebec. Oh, my Lebec. God. Fraser Park is in the middle of nowhere, literally. It's, <laughs> I mean... God damn, I guess Bakersfield has to have something to look down on, but damn. All um, right, so let me give our audience and Raven some frame of reference of geographically where Fraser Park actually is. Um, Route Fraser 5 is Park the, is... Yeah, the, go ahead. Route, Route 5 is the main road that basically cuts down the middle of the Pacific. It goes all the way up to Raven's end of the world and beyond up to Seattle. Boom, all the way up. From San Francisco to L.A., it's about four and a half hours, five hours on a, uh, if you're speed, you know, that's about right on five. It is flat. It is dull. It is as flat as anything you've ever seen in New Mexico. It is one of the most boring rides on the planet. But right before you hit mm-hmm. L.A., you hit the Grapevine, which is the base of the mm-hmm. Los Angeles mountains. Now you go up the Grapevine at a really stark angle, straight up. Um, and then equal distance at the top of these mountains, which is the Los Angeles National Forest and Mountains, right, Raven? Okay, so they're at the mm-hmm. very top of these. There's a teeny, two peeny poduck towns up there. One is called Gorman. <laughs> and then there's a little truck stop called Lebec, which is literally just a truck stop. There's nothing else there, just the two motels and a liquor store and kick-ass taco truck. Oh, my God. And then mm-hmm. the one perk on this whole trip. And then up the road a couple of miles is Frasier Park, which is where the first FP movie was shot. And on the other side of the, of the valley from them, on the mountain, up over the mountains in the other valley is where um, Jason Trost's family, Ron, and Ron, his father Ron, has a big ranch. And that's where they filmed a lot of the uh, like wasteland stuff in the second right. movie. So, um, and so that was where the shoot was. It's also where the dance-offs, the beat-offs happen. Um, but here, Aaron, weren't you surprised? Yes. We did not see a beat-off sequence on our visit. Yeah. That, Very I surprised. Mean, it's really what I was looking forward to the most. But there were a lot of surprises, a lot of things that we can't even talk about, unfortunately. But... Um, uh, once again, I, I'm just amazed. From the first film to the second film was such a a, a step up. I, I mean, they really, really, really raised their game, and I was so impressed. And, you know, just from the little bit I could see from where we were, looks like he did it again. I'm I'm really honestly excited to see what happens. 
It, it was so cool. Um, so Aaron couldn't find us, but eventually I was able to get oh. him in the door. That was hysterical. And then we all meet up with Mr. Mike Lee, who I met from the last year, um, last time I, I did the shoot. And um, I've, he does San Diego Comic-Con. I've seen him down there as well. Um, and um, he's part of the 501st. But now he's actually do ADing for Jason for this one. And he did some pro- quite a bit of production everything. design. Yeah. And he get this, Raven. He was handling the pyrotechnics as well. And on top oh, of all this, he was wrangling the 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 the, the background. Um, yeah, I, I kept trying to every once in a while trying to take it from him, and he's like, "No, no, I got this, I got this," because he already had it kind yeah. of balanced in his mind, and he didn't want to like fray from his schedule. I could tell, and even though I could have totally helped, but some things I did help with. I did help with. Wish I helped more with Mike, but uh, I helped with costuming, mm-hmm. makeup, and things along those lines. Um, one of cool. the first things that everyone noticed when we got there was that there wasn't that many girls, so yeah. or women, or you know, or people, you know, pe- there wasn't anybody transgender this time, though there has been in the past. Um, you know. So I was looking around, and there was a couple of girlfriends who had tagged along. So guess what we did? Of course we put them in the movie because <laughs> we needed right. girls. And, and so it turns out one of them in particular, Amy, who I actually became friends with, um, when I was at a thrift store looking for my own costume, I found this ugly, and Aaron, tell them, describe my ugly ass polyester thing I found at the thrift shop that uh, I had to buy. It didn't fit me, it- but I bought it anyways. It was amazing. Yeah, I don't know what kind of uh, prescient uh, muse you became all of a sudden, but damn, I, I, it, I, I don't even know how I can describe it, uh, except between the legs and the, the gloves she half had on, she became this floppy windsock raver, and it was amazing <laughs> to see. Yeah, we wow. yeah, so it, it just worked out. I had I had the 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 overalls and then I had this pink like you know with yellow and pink really look good together. A lot of people <laughs> don't realize that, but they do. They offset each other, yeah. you know. And so big pink bow, like shiny pink bow I found at the dollar store that I had bought for some reason <laughs> and I gave her those and those some weird little glasses and then she found in the box because it was a box of extra things um, the, like yeah. the huge um, the huge gloves he was talking about I do have photos of her after I dressed her and I was so proud of myself but <laughs> not as proud as the best moment of the morning which was when Aaron was getting dressed and he was trying to do his usual ponytail with his long, luxurious locks. And then he asked <laughs> me, what, Aaron? I said, so how do you want it, uh, producer? You want it up or down? Because I had the, the cap to go over it, you know, the, the officer's cap. And she said, and hmm, I know. <laughs> I didn't even say that. I like just didn't even blink. It just came to me like, like, like lightning, like Dirk Diggler's name, bam, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it came to me. I was like, pigtails. <laughs> so he's like, he tells me he doesn't, Raven goes, he doesn't, he tells me he doesn't know how to put on rigged tails and he's never worn them before. He has more hair than both of us. 
He has more hair yeah, than both of us. And I and I know I we can, I know Raven can rock pigtails, by the way. She knows okay. how to rock some pigtails. Thanks, so. Al. I have had cool <laughs> hair on stage before. I was Maximilian, the handsomest youth in all of Westphalia, and I had big old sausage curls, and it was really cool. And I've been <laughs> uh, John Adams, the president. I'm not John Adams. I'm sorry. I've been Hancock, John Hancock, the president of the Continental Congress. And uh, I had a cool freaking uh, founding fathers long hair thing going on, powdered all up. And I've even had really cool Old Testament Noah hair in two by two, but I've never rocked the pigtails. Never uh, rock a pigtail, my God. So, no? wow. So he has this big bushy beard. So I was like, it's going to look great. <laughs> so I sat him down. Yeah, that and, I, and I did his. I did his pigtails, did really simple side ones, you know, something you would see Marsha Brady would wear, uh, you Casual. know, and, <laughs> yeah, and then we put the hat on and he stood up and the, everybody stopped and turned and looked. It was amazing. <laughs> like all, everyone, and someone just yelled out of nowhere. I don't even know who, do we know who actually yelled it? I'm trying to remember who it was. It wasn't it one of us. It wasn't Paul. It no. wasn't me. It was somebody in the like it was, the way. it was one of the muggers just yelled general pigtails and all of a sudden everyone <laughs> went oh! <laughs> and that really? was it and thus was it born was, general pigtails thus was general pigtails now sometimes it became captain pigtails but honestly mm. either one was fine because he's wearing this huge <laughs> east german border guard outfit so it was hysterical and so. and a russian navy top striped yeah, white and blue top totally confusing like my my husband was wearing this like business suit with a russian uh wool hat and and a uh, big star blue like scarf like it looks like a tie but it's actually like like a flag uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. you know an american flag and he looks so, so good in confused. the aviator uh hat Oh, and then yeah, the aviator hat with the aviator glasses. We still have them, by oh, the way. I think we need to give awesome. the the glasses, though, I think are Jeff's. I have to give them back to him. Mm. Um, yeah, so Jeff, if you're listening, we need we'll, we have your glasses. We'll get them back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we have the aviator hat that we could keep. So it's awesome. Well, keep saying he looked really good in the aviator hat. I liked it more than the. Oh the, my god, the he Russian looked so hat. good in the pictures I saw. The stills. I mean, he looked good in person too, but. It looks really good on film. I hope it looks as good, you know, on moving film. Uh, are you near a computer, Raven? Yeah, always. Okay, go to my husband, Paul Kogan's Facebook page and click on his cover page. And get back to me. <laughs> on my way. <laughs> All right, cool. You haven't described um, what you were wearing yet. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because there's not very many photos of me, but I did find one right before air of me and Sean Whalen together. So nice. I'm really excited. Um, but, yeah, I was wearing this hot pink netted, like, blousey sweater thing with a, 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 a small sequence dress underneath, like, so small. It's too tight, and it's more like a shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing black pants with knee-high uh, 20-eye boots you know because you got to beat beat and and then my favorite part of my outfit were my star earrings and i have a ball cap with a rainbow uh, uh, out of mm-hmm. 
sequence. And so I'm, I'm definitely all sparkles, <laughs> and, but I can beat beat when I need to. That's what the boots are for. So spent most of the morning. Oh my God. What we were doing squats that morning. Uh, oh, <laughs> it was like, like Eric, Aaron was lucky because in the back he found a place and he's just kind of leaning on something. I agreed to go and be part of the actual workout group. They were working out on the hillsides <laughs> and they're working, but there was a group that was actually following Jason and three, t- like a lot of takes of squats. I don't even know how many takes of squats. We ran out of, I, I ran out, I lost count. But three of them were full-on <laughs> combat squats with Jason. Let's just say Jason is in way better shape than anybody else that was on that hill. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, maybe a couple of the actors' exceptions around there. But, um, you know, but no. So, uh, you know, this old woman is trying to keep up with this young, vibrant 30-year-old. It doesn't quite work that way, <laughs> but we'll see what it looks like. One of the like. muggers it said, looks... I'm sorry, I, right. I, I just, uh, one of the muggers said, and I don't remember who it was, but they said, I don't believe there is a movie. I think Jason is just making a video for Duck Fit. And that if, makes sense. If, <laughs> well, Duck Fit is an actual workout video he produced and released as a perk. And so, yeah, he was actually wearing the duck foot sweater in that sequence. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, I cool. think the muggers might be right. Yeah, I have one. You know that, right? <laughs> I actually no. brought it with me. But I remember how Damn, I kept I bitching that first day. I kept bitching how I left my hoodie. I had two oh, hoodies. Okay. That, that, was, that was the hoodie I left. I was okay. so mad because well, I could have used it because it was bitter cold there, and I only had yeah. my lab coat, which I had a lab coat, Raven, like my blue lab coat I use for when I play Herbert West, but I was using sure. it as like a layer, like not on camera, <laughs> uh, because I okay. left my hoodies, and it's the mountains, and it's cold. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, Can, go ahead. Should I tell them what, what Natalie said? What did Natalie say? Uh, okay, you got to understand, uh, Fraser Park, while, you know, geographically not that far away, it's like um, 40 minutes or so past Magic Mountain from where we are down here in Orange County. So, I mean, it's still in the realm of things. It's just no one ever, 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 ever talks about it. So the one time Natalie's watching the news they come on and say, and uh, the coldest spot in the county is definitely going to be Fraser Park. Fraser Park. Hail, sleet, and here's this cute dog in, with covered in snow. He doesn't seem to mind. And, and yes, it was cold, cold, cold. It wasn't so and bad wet. the first first morning, but after we got the shots. But by the way, we got the shots. Um, our morning, we got to Thank lunch goodness. successfully. Um, it started to rain and not just a little <laughs> rain, like cold end of the world, Ragnarok type rain. Uh, <laughs> it was just, and it kept coming down at first. They were going to use it as an advantage to do a couple shoots for the, yeah, like there's some scene, rain. Right? Yeah. There's rain sequences in that movie, but it was so cold that they said they, they aired on the side of caution because we had night shoots still to do. Um, to let us just chill in the cars hmm. and, you Thank know, goodness. 
And it was really funny because, like, there's one outhouse and a bunch of people with cars and a lot of smoke. <laughs> Let's just say there was an odd combination of fart and weed running through the <laughs> smell of the, of the set at that point. That's so bad, <laughs> And the fart smells continued for the rest of the night because no one wanted to use the bathroom in the dark, even though it wasn't that bad over there. But is that why? No, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, It wasn't. Okay. No, not not in the least. Hey, I've I've worked Ren fairs before. I I (laughs) I know what a privy a bad privy looks like. That was not. Oh, I I I used to wear the nutmeg on a string when I worked Renaissance fairs because you know that's how you do it. You know, (laughs) yeah, to keep the smell off, or one of those oranges with the cloves in it. That's the other thing. Right. Right? Oh, we used to frequently say, "How how badly do you have to go to priv or not to priv?" Mm. No, this is fine compared. I, I believe Raven, you've done Renaissance Fair detail at one point, right? Um, I was more involved with the SBA, but uh, I've done a couple of Ren Fair things, ah. and I used to work for the Dickens Fair. Oh shit! Really, the Dickens Fair? Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. Like How did you Dickens? I my my mom worked for the Dickens Fair. She worked in fifty oh, nice. wigs. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I I was in the Alice in Wonderland area. Um, nice. Unfortunately, um, the earthquake in ninety what was it ninety nineteen ninety the big one 90, uh, ended our renaissance. Loma Prieta. No, 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 not Loma. Yeah, Loma Prieta. I graduated in ninety one, and it was nineteen ninety uh, when Loma Prieta happened. It sucked because it ended Dickens Fairs. Oh, that's played. right, ninety. Yeah, <laughs> it was over. Yeah, I was in that. Ended. I was in that earthquake too. Oh man. Mm. Well, we definitely have that in common. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, how many people have been in an earthquake in this group? All three of us have been through earthquake. Um, so I digress. Um, so there was no earthquakes this time around, thank goodness. Uh, but it was very, very cold after it rained. Um, and it remained cold for the duration. We did get some sun on the Sunday and, uh, but it pretty much remained cold for the duration of the shoot at that point. I was very glad that I decided to wear layers under my pants, even though I forgot my hoodie. Smart. So I, I actually, without my hat, I was able to survive. So that rainbow hat mattered. (laughs) So, um, uh, let's see. Aaron, let's see if well, we can remember after up. Well, I was going to say, what, what you did yeah, mention is when we weren't doing duck fit and getting ready for the battle, uh, we were dancing our freaking butts off. Oh, yeah. Th- well, that's, we hadn't gotten... that's how what I'll always remember is just, you know, never-ending dancing, 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 so, dancing. Quiet dance, quiet partying. That was what it was called, oh, yeah. quiet partying. Uh, so, Aaron, so, Raven, do you see you have the picture up, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's so, pretty astounding, first of all. Okay. So, do you, do you can you can you tell which one is General Pigtails? Absolutely. And I was having a little bit of a difficult time understanding your outfit aesthetic um, until I actually saw the picture. And I mean this as a high compliment. I think you look <laughs> like a mix between Birdo from like the Nintendo World and Janis Joplin. <laughs> 
And my nice. husband is right. In, my husband's also in the shot. He's next to him. He's the one in the business okay. suit. So uh, yes, gotcha. Business. <laughs> so suit. now you know. Yeah. So that's yes, that's, I do. that's, no that's the battle. Kogans. So <laughs> it's one of those things you had to see General Pigtails. He pops up quite a bit. I've noticed he's in the background shots because he's tall. Aaron's tall. He got to do things that I didn't get to do because he was tall. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it was cold and cold. and it was, But we were doing the quiet partying thing um, at, at night, which was crazy because we had, you know, it was supposed to be like a, a birthday party, an eight uh, birthday party. So we're all dancing. And it's like really cheesy, slow, not making any noise dancing because there's going to be song <laughs> put over it, of course, right? So, right. <laughs> so, so quiet partying. One of my Landon Beetle, one of my favorite people who was on set for the first last films too. Uh, he was like, quiet partying is part of me now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just it's just how it is. We're gonna forever do this little quiet bad 80s dance right so that's it we're done so uh mm-hmm. so that was day one day two was basically uh we got to do green screen uh, at raven Fun. it was awesome yeah. i love green screen yeah uh aaron what was your pose again um oh i was just kind of pissed off at the whole thing yeah, I, 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 oh, I think they they had me doing the uh, the Napoleonic thing, you know, with the the hand in the jacket kind oh, that's of thing. Right. You walked, but I was you really pissed when I came out off. of it. Yes, you were. Yeah. You were. It was, it, we were stone cold sober, and uh, that was actually really funny. Uh, I I was doing a yoga. I, I, I when I was doing the squats, we didn't. Well, you missed it earlier because I had you go look at the picture. But we were talking about the exercises they made us do. I actually did the yoga pose I did and the squats up on the hill because that was the only thing I could come <laughs> up with. But actually, I can't say why, but I do know enough of the plot that there was actually some continuity between those shots so you know i'm glad i did it (laughs) so uh, i'm pretty happy but uh uh let's see it was freezing cold the second night even worse than the first night even though we didn't Mm. have rain um everyone was cold there was this wind that blew through and all of us were like we knew it was going to be bad and the entire cast went and then talay and all the girl actors in the movie were in these huge coats (laughs) <laughs> between takes, it was just one of those kind of things. Ah, uh, showbiz. Um, and and Lee was setting off mortars. Um, uh, so we had mortars, and the wind would carry yeah. them and just cover us with crap. It was just hysterically like every few seconds, we all had to stop and go because <laughs> we were just covered in dust. Um, it was, it was, it was, but I I wouldn't have given it up for the world like everyone we all were in it like even you know all of us are there we wanted it to happen nobody had it was it was no whining on set everyone had great morale um you know oh it, yeah it was, it was all you know the complaints were all sarcastic and fun i mean we were in this and we 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 and we accomplished our shots we got them all in which it still blows my mind that we're not behind. <laughs> you know, like I, as, I think as at one point when we were going into 
hour three of of silent partying and just you know dancing like a freaking idiot for three hours, I said, you know, this is the worst cult I've ever been in, and I'm ready for my Kool Aid. <laughs> but it was all in good fun. Um, there was a lot of it was all in good fun. We yeah, we can't we can't talk about. Um, uh, Sean Whalen was there though this time again, and we can't talk about him. I don't know if I can post can't the photo of wait. me and Sean. I really want to like do that if I can. I have to find out um, before I do it because usually he doesn't want us to post what Sean is wearing because it's always designed specifically for him, right? So uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, every all the usual suspects came back from FP2 um, that were in front of the camera, and uh, and a few that were behind as well. So whoo! So, yay, Aaron. Drugs from this world, because after we left you, all this coronavirus shit suddenly broke out. Right? Yeah. So, like, segment way, dystopian future to a possible real dystopian future (laughs) in our midst. Um, (laughs) I... um, We are in the midst of an apocalypse not on that level, but on the convention and festival circuit, we most certainly are. With the cancellation of South by Southwest, OMG, not only were they not insured for this kind of closure, they are not refunding a penny of anybody's ticket. So, ouch, that could kill South by Southwest. Absolutely. They might not even come back next year. Um, ScareCon announced that they're folding. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, Peak Convention suddenly goes out with a bang, not a whimper. Uh, but there's yeah. still a silver lining, and we're going to bring on the sexy porn witch to talk about this. <laughs> Hello, you're on with the sexy witches. Yes. Hello, yes. sexy um, porn witch, Erin Marie. Mm-hmm. I'm good getting ready for a convention of my own, which uh, three or four guests have canceled for so far, but I think they've all been over the age of 60, so I kind of understand why they don't want to be out in the public at the moment, especially Uh, since Jersey has had a couple of cases. But this, but this isn't really Jersey. Cherry Hill is closer to Camden and uh, um, Philadelphia. So I don't know what the Philly, yeah I don't know what the Philly area is doing on that end of the world. <coughs> I know that um, I was trying to add to the conversation because uh, Ace I got a an email from Ace Convention in Massachusetts. They had a bunch of uh, Marvel people and stuff like that scheduled, um, and they closed their convention. They canceled it. Uh, Scares the Care posted that they were going to postpone the Wisconsin uh, convention debut. It was supposed to be in April um, for next year. So there's been a mass closing of conventions at the moment. Um, E3 canceled. Uh, Mm -hmm. What else is canceled? Um, A big one. Oh, NAB in Vegas. That is the National uh, Association of Broadcasters. It's the biggest convention of its kind. It canceled um, today. Um, lots Damn. of canceled 
So, uh, you know, we're talking about some big things. Uh, NAB closing is mind-blowing to me. You know, uh, it's almost as mind-blowing as South by Southwest closing like it did. Um, however, <laughs> hockey players are insane. Um, the hockey, my, the Capitals here said straight out after, get this, after the D.C. announced uh, they don't want us to have um, – any gatherings larger than a thousand people, and so that shut down all the music venues, right? But then you got oh, like the capitals are going, uh-uh, show must go on, <laughs> and they're gonna bite, and they didn't close it to the audience either. Uh, so the cast games are going on as scheduled as of air. Um, I don't know if that that may change, but or as the next game is tomorrow, so I was like, okay, Capitals, you hockey fans are crazy. But then again, they're always like, there was like a state of emergency. We had this horrible blizzard that shut everything down about ten years ago, Snowmageddon, and they were like, literally, did not close until like the evening of the of the. Uh, day of the state of emergency like it had been all day we weren't allowed to drive or anything but they were open and they didn't close until they were forced to (laughs) so you know there's that so we'll see but so i was thinking they might uh, cancel the ducks game i went to last night uh well they they they're not canceling the games mostly the sports events what they're doing is just spanning audiences because I know the NCAA is here in um in Maryland this year at College Park and um they are I think it's next week and so they said that it's going on but you can't watch it unless you're on television. So um, that's what they're doing here. Uh, so, Erin Marie, how do you feel that with all this going on about going to a convention? And this is not a small convention. A lot of people go to this one. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I mean, South by Southwest is huge. Uh, there's, I, I feel that the way that it's spreading, it's a good cautionary, especially um, for those in areas that have already had outbreak uh, or tested positive or like major uh, airport cities, you know, something that might have come in. But uh, I guess it's a good idea to do as long as I can see doing it for a couple of months just to see how, you know, it spreads in the U.S. first before you start closing others later in the year. How how do you think that it's going to affect this weekend in Monster Mania? Uh, I actually think that there's going to be a lot less people than there usually is because I've already seen on a lot of the message boards because of several of the major draws have canceled that they weren't going to be attending. Um, so there's a lot of regular Monster Mania attendees that do not plan on going this weekend. So it's probably going to be like after Monster Mania, the year that it was um, really crowded, that next August uh, was – Darren, I mean, we just walked right up to Billy Zane and got his autograph. We mm. didn't have any lines then. That's how scarce it was, and I kind of expect the same thing to happen this time. Which is really weird, because two years ago, it was so crowded there, the fire marshal had to come in and shut it down for two hours. So, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, I have more power to Monster Mania for the show must go on. Um, I, I hope that that doesn't change by the time you get up to me, Erin Marie, because uh, <laughs> the annual stay the night before she goes up to Jersey 
Uh, yeah. So well, hopefully I'm everything sure, will be all there right. Tomorrow evening. <laughs> yep. We're hoping everything will be all right up there. Um, like I said, I don't actually know about what what in Philly, if how Philly's area is is afflicted right now. I know Jersey has a couple numbers. We just had our first um, case here in Anne Arundel County um, today announced. So uh, she got it on a domestic flight from Montana or something like that. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Uh, so it was a plane, but yeah. who knows? Recycled air. Well, it's not mm. the air. It's it's surfaces. That's actually um, they're not. They don't think it lasts very long in the air. It's only on surfaces, and that's why they're saying keep six feet away from people because it's you know and not handshake them. Uh, so yeah, uh, no. When when I met um, when I met uh, Will Wheaton at GalaxyCon oh, Richmond. And that's exactly what we kept saying all day long. What? Um, of course you did. When we, <laughs> met, when we met him, he he did he was doing elbow bumps. Oh, nice. So he had already devised his little thing against it. He had a hand wonder, sanitizer and was doing elbow bumps. I don't think Bill Shatner's on the circuit right now because um, he just finished. He was at some... GalaxyCon. I guess he was. He's a known germaphobe. I mean, that yep. I fist bumped him was a huge honor because he hardly touches anybody. I bet hmm. you he's just not having it. He's probably having it. And he's 80, he's 3, 84, right? So we don't want him yeah, to yeah. He's touch anybody. He he has his horse semen to protect, you know. Uh, so, right. <laughs> I mean, there's look at, look look the National up, Guard is protecting Betty semen. White's house at the moment. Yeah, so, so well, Betty, Betty White's going to outlive us all. She's Her a national Rich- treasure. <laughs> Have, did you see the, what was it, a, a cartoon of the end of the world, and it's just Betty Davis and Keith Richards, and there can be only one? Betty White. Yes, yeah. Betty White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I think Betty has the edge over Keith Richards. So Keith Richards, though, man, he, he would hold up his own. Uh, I so, I also saw a meme today that said that uh, with the coronavirus scare going around, somebody ought to test Keith Richards' blood to see what kind of cures he's got hiding in him because <laughs> he survived everything. No, it's true. It is probably the truth there. So, so uh, uh, coronavirus aside, who are you most excited to see while you're there? And what what are you going to do while you're visiting Monster Mania this year? Well, the person I was most excited to meet had to cancel, so that's a little mm-hmm. disappointing. It was Jackie Earl Haley. Um, oh. I'm, I'm probably the only thing, only person that would have bought a DVD of uh, Little Children. I've had that for years and years mm. and years. Such a fantastic movie. But um, right now, David Harbour is the big draw. It's the reason why I'm taking both Becca oh, and Lydia. Yeah. So they're huge Stranger Things kids. <laughs> Becca in the background going mostly me. Um, and for me, I've they've actually added the replacements that they've gotten have been people that I need for my Friday the 13th book. I've got the Crystal Lake Memories book that I've been collecting autographs in for like eight years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's like six signatures that's going to be there for me, including the writer of the first movie, Sean Cunningham. That's awesome. I love that you have that. That's so cool. (laughs) I've got Kevin Bacon in that bitch. 
<laughs> I stood outside. I went to one of his concerts because he just happened to be playing oh, nearby, like two hours away in Virginia here. He did that. And and I stood outside for like over an hour with the book uh-huh. because he was waiting it out to see if there was going to be a crowd, but there was literally like 15 of us. And once wow. he saw how many people there were, he was like, all right, and like came over and was taking pictures with us and signing things. So I got both the set list that was on stage with them that night autographed and my Crystal Lake Memories book. Awesome. I'm really proud uh, of that I, one. If I can interrupt Jess for a moment, um, there's something come through the feed from Mr. Doug Bradley. I won't read the whole statement, but mm. um, he actually is about to go. He had to cancel Davis at a Las Vegas for a combination of reasons. One, he's about to have... Um, some polyps removed. He had a colonoscopy with a large mass, likely a malignant tumor. So he's going into surgery to have them removed. And he was, he's decided not to do days of the dead because of being around, you know, he's an older gentleman and around large crowds might not be the best idea before surgery. So sorry, Doug Bradley, get better. We love you. We all love you. Uh, he's a, a smart convention move. regular, so there's that. Yeah, the the guests that have canceled so far, people like Jackie Earl Haley, Chris uh, Sarandon, Catherine Hicks, um, were all people, you know, getting up there in age and definitely susceptible to this. So that's a smart move on his part. And yeah. Donald Trump just banned all travel from Europe for 30 days, for effective United Friday. Kingdom. Except for, except for England? Oh, except for England. Okay. Well, there's that. Okay. I just saw Although that right now. Because uh, they're out of the just... UE. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> and Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson just tested positive for the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, no. They're in Australia. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Okay, there's another national treasure that needs protecting. Amen. Oh, both of them. Rita Wilson. Holy, she's older than you know. She's an older woman now. She's yeah. healthy as you know. If I could be as healthy, Rita I mean, he was sick at the Oscars this year, wasn't it? The Oscars. Was he sick he at the Oscars? Battling a really bad head cold. Well, then Ooh. that wasn't the so was coronavirus. Was, little, was it the Oscars or Golden Globes? It was one or the other. It might have been Golden Globes. He was fine at the Oscars. But wow. So no. yeah, we're trying. So. So, well, you know, maybe people should go to conventions that are still running. <gasps> oh, God. Guess what? Here we are. What? Monster Mania convention. It's with a very heavy heart that I have to announce. Oh. Monster Mania 45 has been postponed due to the coronavirus oh situation worsening the area and the effects that it's had on the show. The show will be rescheduled for August 14th through the 16th. We are currently in the process of contacting the stars and their agents to reschedule them for that date. I'm so sorry for the late notice, but the coronavirus situation got much more serious. And NJ in the area last few days, we cannot risk anyone's health. And then it goes on to other things if we want to read the whole statement. So I'll post oh, that crap. on our page. So are you still coming to visit? I mean, I still, I yeah, still need your daughter. still has a free weekend and you still need my kids. So I guess we're coming anyway, but... Yeah, they canceled Monster it, Mania. Yeah, oh we're just gonna have to um, drink. <laughs> oh no! I think that might be in order. 
I mean, so, literally, as we're right, talking so. about it. I've got some I, I disappointed kids on my hands. I was so worried about that, you know? I really was. Um, but shit. Okay, so here we are. So forget it, everybody. We're not going to Monstromania <laughs> this weekend oh, because well. it was just canceled. Um, but um, that means that, that but you know, it, it's going to be rescheduled for August and, uh, you know, maybe I'll, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, cause I'm going to be going to, was it the following weekend is Star Wars celebration. So maybe I can pick both in. who knows? So we'll see. So, wow. Okay. So. Uh, anybody out there want to give us a call? We could love to hear from you. Um, so Raven, yeah, let's bring you into this for a minute because we um, so obviously our end of the world our can- got canceled and pulled out from under us. It, how is the sanity of the Portlanders? I mean, they always are a little off kilter, but how does this? How does this? How is the, how are they handling it on there? Because they're really close to Seattle, and Seattle is right. having a rough time of it. So uh, it's it's a weird uh, mixture of people being really scared and also feeling like they don't have to worry about anything, um, and so it kind of creates <laughs> a little bit of chaos. But Portland is sort of it's so many different kinds of people here. Um, You never really know. One neighborhood can be different from the next. Uh, I do have a friend that works at a a big grocery store chain and he has been posting pictures of empty toilet paper aisles and signs that say, we don't have medical masks here, stuff like that. Um, But as far as cancellations, I haven't noticed anything too big. I just actually, while you were reading that, I got a breaking news notification that that the NBA is suspending its season or Wednesday. Uh, So there's another cancellation. (laughs) NBA? Yeah. NBA. 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 That's where you work? Around the Okay. No, National Basketball Association. They oh, just okay. canceled everything. <laughs> oh, okay. I just got it too. Rest. Wow. Like we're we're right on the edge of all this this news while we're on air. Yeah. Uh, the NBA they just canceled the season. Rudy Gobert tested positive. Who's Rudy Gobert? I don't know, but he tested positive apparently. Um. You know, though, they are saying that 70% of us are going to get it. Yeah. 80% of us will recover. But that still leaves 20% in danger. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, wow, this is crazy. I don't know if, like, are we are we jumping the gun with all these cancellations, do you think? Mm-hmm. Or is this actually the right thing? No. You, you've seen Italy, right? You've seen the numbers yeah. coming out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen now. <laughs> but... Italy's doing it right. Italy dealt with the Black Plague, and they lost a lot of people. And there are a lot of plagues, actually, in the olden days. But the big one, they clo- even though they didn't know how the hell the plague was spread at the time, 
the way that they were so worried about people spreading the plague that they would actually brick people alive into their homes so that they wouldn't leave. And so the fact that Italy is now saying nobody's leaving right now and y'all just calm down for a minute. <laughs> and then they're covering people's uh, citizens' mortgages right now. The government is during the coronavirus because they don't want yeah. people going to work. This is a great model for anyone else to take a look at and say, hey, they, they fucking survived the damn plague. Maybe they know what they're talking about. Well, the idea that a payroll tax is going to do anybody any good is ridiculous. No. I don't want to get too much into politics, but my God, what about the people that are already unemployed? What about the people that are right. fired? They're not getting a payroll. Uh, you know, He's just uh, right. that, trying to prop up his campaign. It, and, none of that's you know, going to work. Stick a knife in Social Security at the same time. No, it's not going to happen. And, and, you know, and then and then there's you know, the denying the paid sick leave thing, you know, it wasn't going to pass, but, you know, but, you know, here Italy is covering people's biggest bill, you know, so, you know, uh, and, and they're getting their tests for free. Um, You know, they're doing drive-by tests in Germany. (laughs) We don't even have tests. Yeah, we we don't even have tests. The, until a couple of days ago, the Ground Zero in Seattle, our Ground Zero, the, the, the rest home, they still hadn't had tests their employees yet because they didn't have enough tests. In right. the, well, the Ground part, Zero. The so. best part is <laughs> that uh, uh, Republican senators and congresspeople who uh, weren't even symptomatic, did, didn't even have symptoms, got the test. Uh, well, you know, because that's, well, that's what we live in. There's this whole question about the test kits in the first place, but we this is this is a happy show. We talk about fun things. You're right. Uh, even though I will tell you, one of the reasons why we are talking about this on the show not only is it pop culture because it is right now the coronavirus is pop culture, so we're gonna talk about it. But uh, yeah. you know, we're a bunch of horror geeks. Like we've been training for this shit all of our fucking right. lives. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, how many movies can we go like where, where we watch movies about pandemics? We know about pandemics. We mm-hmm. like how many of us have been watching the television and said, oh, my God, this is like a bad Michael Bay movie. The whole bit where the scientists are not being listened to by the politicians and there's one the one lone scientist that calls everybody out, dies from the illness, and hush-hush, and the the squashing it for two months before they actually told the world that they were sick. I mean, it's all, like, like unfolded. Every outbreak movie I've ever seen, this is happening just like it. What the fuck? You think we would have learned right now? We've written a lot about this. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just don't understand. Do you guys understand? I don't understand. Uh, you know, oh my God. You know, uh, we, we maybe we deserve to get sick. I don't know. I mean, we, you know, people's instinct is to fight over toilet paper. You know, and I'm like, you right. know, if if you, you the, the truth is, if you run out of toilet paper, you've got magazines. Wipe your ass with one of those. Uh, you know, there's well, stuff my you favorite. can do. Use junk mail. Junk mail is great for wiping your ass. <laughs> I mean, you you almost couldn't make this up, but just to prove that Idiocracy is a documentary, sales of Corona beer have fallen way off. 
I don't even and understand that one. Chinese restaurants to the point where they're going under. I just want to say that I've held up my end. My, I go to the chi- my Chinese restaurant once or twice a week, so I, I, I'm right good. Right on. <laughs> so, it's not even that good, but, but I still eat there. <laughs> imagine being so stupid that you go, coronavirus, I won't get that beer. Imagine being that dumb know. and then stop imagining because it's going on <laughs> right now. So let's see, what is some of our favorite um, pandemic <laughs> movies? We got five more minutes before our guest Richard Tanner comes in, so let's talk about. Drama Strain quick. was pretty damn good. Drama Strain is fantastic. That yeah. is one of the better films ever made um, on the subject. That's a space germ, though, or a space yeah, crystal. Yeah. In this case, because it's a crystal, actually, uh, like a quartz crystal. It's kind of neat. Um, let's see. Um, uh, the Contagion movie, Stoddard's Contagion, pretty much predicted this whole thing. Um, so there's that. You we can kind of include every outbreak. zombie film ever, too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Raven, give me one. Give me a Contagion movie. How uh, about The Stand? Well, that's a miniseries, yeah. but you get the idea. Well, you know, James Martis just did an interview about how filming during the coronavirus, how surreal it's been. I bet. So, yeah. So, you know, because the new one's filming right now. Uh, So it should be almost done. Um, Let's see. The Stand's probably the gold standard of epidemic movie. Um, Yeah. Captain Trump's. That's what we're calling this one, Captain Trump's. Yeah. I noticed you did that. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, you know what? Well, do your vitamin C. Wash your hands. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I will tell you. No matter what, I know I'm doomed because trying for me not to touch my face is trying to tell me not to breathe. <laughs> I, I I can't not touch my face. I I, I touch it so much, and I've been even uber hmm. more aware of it now because of what's going on. I'm doomed, <laughs> so I'm gonna go wall my. I'll 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 brick myself off, like Mask of the Red Death. There's one, Mask of the Red Death. Edgar Allan Poe. Hey, hey. um, <laughs> so we'll we'll, mask, we'll we'll brick ourselves off, and and I'll just go hide in the corner. I like dark spaces anyway, so you know I'm a caver. <laughs> so, uh, mm. but, but anyway, if you guys, if anybody's listening out there wants suggestions on, on great horror films that have to do with uh, Contagion movies, uh, we can definitely, you know, give you a few. Of course, 28 Days Later is probably the gold standard of the modern zombie movie, and that's mm-hmm. an outbreak movie more than a zombie film. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with this. <laughs> or just go watch George Romero. He'll tell you everything mm. you need to know. Uh, one, of, so, one of my uh, favorite about Shaun of the Dead is that we never really find out what it is, but we're, we get all the options on TV in the background. I think that's just brilliant and hilarious. Well, when it comes to zombies and what actually causes a zombie apocalypse, if that's just the plot device. It actually doesn't ultimately matter that much. So, you know, so there, there's lots of reasons why you can get zombies, you know, but but the pandemics is always one of the scarier ones because it's actually one of the more plausible ones, you know. Mm-hmm. So let me bring, I think my guest is on. So let's see if we can bring him on. Hi. Hello, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Hey, Hello. so did I make it in? 
Did I do it right? Yeah. Yeah. Who is this? This is Richard. It is Richard. You're so very different on the phone. Yeah, I'm sorry. I work I work from home over the phone, so it takes a second to turn <laughs> off the phone voice to go back to normal, Richard. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I'll be there. Welcome to the show, Mr. Filmmaker Richard Tanner. This is the Sexy Witches, and let me tell you who currently is on the line with me right now. We have my Enchantress of Nevermore in Portland, Oregon, and her name is Raven Jasper Hawk. Say hello. Hiya. Hey. <laughs> Hey, and in Orange County is my cousin, and that is uh, Aaron Kogan. He's on the line. He was the one that did the film with F. Remember, I said I went on the FP mm-hmm. shoot. He did. I brought him with me, so that was fun. Hello, hello. <laughs> so, hello. and hello. last but not least, of course, and you know this one, the sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How you doing? Hey. Excellent. And she's There's back from her like home. four corners here. Yeah, yeah I had so, to give my I had to deliver my sister the bad news. She was oh, understandably upset. Oh but I told yeah, her, I was like, it's a good excuse to come visit you, because yeah. she's never actually been there for a visit. So we'll just use that time. Yeah, like I said, we'll drink. Uh, <laughs> so, so Richard, as I don't know how have have you been listening to the show at all. Tonight, not uh, maybe 10 minutes, because I couldn't figure out how to get to work on my phone, so I called in and started listening. Well, here's the funny thing, is that as we were going through um, talking about pandemics and the cancellations of the conventions, the one that Aaron Marie was going to go to this weekend canceled. Oh, really? Yeah, so... uh, so as we were live on air as it happened, so uh, you know, so we've, we've been talking about the coronavirus and pandemic movies. Do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah, I came into the tail end of that. So my favorite would be The Stand, of course. That's my right. gold standard. But my new one, I've been watching a TV show called The Last Ship. I think it's TNT. That oh does yeah. It. And it's oh my god, it's oh, terrifying to me because I'm a hypochondriac that works from home <laughs> and, you know, make movies occasionally and get very sick every time I do it because I have no immune system because I don't see people except when I go to cons. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, this outbreak stuff is great for people like me. Yeah, funny well, like enough, I said, once I've been, funny enough, I've ahead. been watching with the kids for this past week, The Last Man on Earth, and the synopsis <laughs> is everybody in 2020 dies from a virus. Oh, great. <laughs> Oh man, okay. That sucks. It's not gonna be that bad though. Hopefully, knock on wood. Oh we got literally like ten people left on earth so far, so you know, it's Richard, it's like we're living in a ginormous real life fairy tale, isn't it? Right. Right. Now I just need the fairy tale to last long enough that I can actually get people to see my movie, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it suck if you don't actually get to make this movie because of a fucking virus? <laughs> I know. I know. I keep thinking about that. And my good news is I'm finished filming my film. Yay. Yay! So I don't have to worry about that. Like, I don't have to worry about people dropping off, like, oh, thank God, I got your part. We'll finish. We'll get the movie made. Now I just have to worry, like, I'm going to put all this work, all this time into it, and I'm going to go to screen it. And no one's going to show up. It's going to be me sitting in an empty theater by myself going, I've been Aww. here before. 
I'll be oh. sitting right next to you at the FP premiere. Okay, well, why, oh, together, just the two of us. Three, three seats apart. That's what they they're saying now. Three seats yep. apart. <laughs> three seats apart. Hi, Richard. You want to pass the salt? Here, you'll you'll be passing really far over. Here, here. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, just drink a bunch of Everclear. We'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Richard, why don't you, first of all, congratulations for finished filming. That makes me excited to hear. And congratulations for having a very good, successful Kickstarter campaign. You did really well on that. Um, and talk about Once Upon a Nightmare. This is actually a, kind of a remake, but kind of not. Because you actually, your first film, which I have a copy of, uh, Once Upon mm-hmm. a Nightmare, sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah, I'm so happy you asked. This is the first thing I've really done since I've uh, finished filming, like the first podcast I've been on, first time people have asked me questions about the current project. So I'm very excited to answer this. Um, so first off, it's Mother News Presents Once Upon a Nightmare is the movie that I just finished filming. We're uh, going through the... Kickstarter, get it going. It's my first Kickstarter. I've done Indiegogo before, and probably this is just a better movie than anything else I've done, but I'm killing it. We're at like $2,000 on the Kickstarter, and we still have 30 days to go. Uh, So I'm excited. That's more than I thought we'd make the entire time. So I'm very happy to see what happens uh, for the next month. Um, And as I did, my first feature film was called Once Upon a Nightmare. This one is sort of a remake, sort of a sequel. The way I want to describe it is this is the Evil Dead 2 of, you know, my making. Whereas, like, I've made a couple other movies. I made one called Room for Rent, which was a found footage, and then I did a very funny, cheesy, trauma-esque film called Frankenthug. But I, oh, when mm. I was doing those two, I kept thinking of this Once Upon a Nightmare going, God, that was a good concept. I really shouldn't have done that first because I didn't know enough about filmmaking to make it. And then I said, what, what the hell? Like, no one saw it. Like, 30 people have a copy of it. I can make it again with new stories, new actors. Uh, I, every story is new one except for one, which um, I know you've seen it, uh, Elizabeth, but it's the, uh, um, what's it called? Little Red Riding Hood story. Ah, I read okay. that one, but I've changed it so much that it's uh, kind of hilarious to me just to see it, because I was in that one. I actually acted in that one, so... I've changed it a lot now, and it's going to be fun to see it, and especially anyone that saw the original. Well, and and you've come a long way from the original because, like, where you had maybe two cents to rub together, you now have it like almost hmm. ten cents to rub together. Still a buck short, but yeah, it's a, it's a little <laughs> little bit better now. That's actually your production company name, right? Buck short. A buck short productions, which is hard to have in the south. Right on. <laughs> Shot. <laughs> so, uh, as Atlanta, we we actually were just together. We hung out in Atlanta, mm-hmm. witnessed the murder together, and that was entertaining <laughs> in a horrible way. Um, <sighs> were you you were down there when that happened, right? Yeah, I wasn't around you, but yeah, I was trying to find my uh, crazy movie star that I had the guest there to make sure she wasn't the one that died. So, oh no! You know. But she was definitely wigged out after the words. I was with her when it happened. So, uh, oh, um, I just I just went to bed thinking she was dead. I didn't know until the next morning. No, 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 I, I, no, no, no. I I went back down after it happened and hooked up with people to see if everyone was okay. 
So <laughs> it was it wasn't dangerous for us, but you know, everyone, you know, it was it was interesting. But you know, horror geeks though, we were calm. I'll give us that. None of us panicked. We 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 can handle this like pandemics and murder and stuff like that, you know. If you need help, the film geek horror geek will be got you back. We got you back in any apocalypse, any yeah. violent war. Except for maybe a real war with Syrian rebels, but that's that's a different story. Uh, so, uh, but uh, but we can't handle local turf wars um, and just things like that. So, um, so we did a panel together. I met, I moderated, and you were on it, and you were in the center of my panel, and uh, it was it was about how to make your first horror film, which is interesting because. Once Upon a Nightmare was your first horror film, and then like now mm. you're remaking sort of kind of with an update. You're modernizing, maybe is the word I would use. Um, your yeah. your baby and making it something new. So, you know, what has that been like for you? It's actually been pleasant, to be honest with you. Like uh, the remaking it is, it's just like. I've got a lot of new actors in this, a lot of new people that I'm working with, much bigger than what I usually like to work with. But because I've made, one, I've made any movie before, and two, I've kind of done this one before, at least the same concepts and same ideas, it's been fun to experiment. Like, um, I actually got to play with lighting and colors in this one, because, you know, usually when you're doing an indie movie and you're the director, the producer, the cinematographer, the writer, usually an actor and doing everything else, you're like, lights. Someone turn a lamp on. We'll be fine. Who cares? No one does. Just go with it. This time, I actually got to sit there and go, oh, you know, purple would really color this room nice right now. Uh, and saying oh, but that, lights it's a do very matter. Movie. Oh, lights 100%. sound matter more than anything else. <laughs> I've learned this on the FP in particular because, uh, you know, we have very limited sets. Aaron here can totally tell you we are very limited on our sets. But when you look at it through the lenses, boy, does it look epic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that's the thing, too, saying limited on sets. That's something you have to realize from, you know, if you go to these cons and you watch all these indie filmmakers, there's something I yell at all my friends now. They're like, I don't want to make a film. And I'm like, do it, man. You should. Everyone can make a film. It's simple. Do it. No one's probably going to watch it, but do it just so you know how. But then they go film in the woods with, like, a camera phone with no sound. I'm like, I'm not watching your movie if you film in the woods again, guys. I cannot stand one more pseudo-80s slasher ripoff shot in the woods of someone's back house. Can we see their house in the background because they're not brave enough to go deep in the woods? And it's like, oh, no, no. Get the set. Put some lights on it. Just do simple things. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be expensive lights. See, there's a lot of tricks you can do with a basic lamp if you know how to put diffuse yeah. it the right way. Uh, duct tape That's is amazing. It. So is tinfoil. Uh, you know, so there's there are things you can do. Even on the FP, uh, our reflector was basically a large piece of tinfoil. <laughs> That's what we use. So you know, people, if you're using a reflector. That's already impressive. Most people, I go like, why don't we just shine the light right there? And it's like, oh. Okay. Oh, I don't want to uh, if I ever shoot my own movie, I absolutely going to make my own reflectors and I'm going to use a pinpoint light for close-ups because I can't, that's the one gripe I have for most indie films is when they do close-ups with long like shots of dialogue, 
is you're supposed to mm-hmm. pinpoint light their eyes so they balance on camera, and a lot of people forget to do that. Uh, especially you young, right you're young. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, so Peter Jackson uses it to an aplomb in Lord of the Rings because you know Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings is like the most expensive student film, right? Because he did a lot of cheap yeah. stuff like the Evil Dead movies, but like watch cat. Uh, the, my favorite example of it is uh, Kate Blanchett as as Gladriel. He wanted to make her look, make you feel off balance looking at her in close-ups, and that's because he used this this instead of a pinpoint light, he's using a bunch of them, and he's shooting them into her eyes, and so it looks like stars in her eyes, and it, hmm. you might not even notice it unless somebody points it out to you. But you know, five cent trick, booyah! <laughs> you know, <laughs> you make a hundred billion dollars right so right. um you know I, I i love that kind of stuff so what have you learned from that you did in your first movie going into this kind of stuff that you decided that either a worked in your first film and you reused it or you said you learned how to do it and you've gotten better at it yeah, i think i got both sides of that the one thing that worked um that i loved uh was I have a wraparound in my story. Like, um, when I grew up, my favorite movies to watch, in horror at least, were anthologies. I don't know why a lot of people are hit or miss with them, but I think if an anthology comes out, I'm the first in line to see it. I think it's amazing. You know, from Tales from the Dark Side, Twilight Zone, um, uh, 1031, you know, that one, Trick or Treat, Tales of Halloween, they're amazing. But the ones I really love are ones that have that wraparound that's kind of tying every story together, coming from one central storyteller. Uh, the one I think about a lot is uh, Body Bags, where you have John Carpenter, yeah. you know, going, oh, look at this. This little body in a bag. This is the story we're going to tell. And then it seamlessly goes into it, and you have that overall story happening. Uh, the thing I learned was to have better actors and more trustworthy actors to play big roles oh, like that, oh. somebody you found. Uh, and then... The one thing that I did learn is have someone separate on sound. Don't try to do sound and video at the same time. That's an awful idea. That's actually really good advice, but I'm I'm completely biased because I married a sound guy. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you found out in later going, like, oh, this is good. It's like after having a kid and someone tells you you need to wear a condom. A lot like, yeah, of thanks. really talented. It, it, it's not anything to do with the talent of the directors because a lot of directors don't know shit about tech. But a lot of them don't realize how important tech is and sound in particular can kill your film. It could look a million dollars and sound like shit and no one will watch it because it can't engage with it. So, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you, 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 it's a visual medium and directors visually. So they, they yeah. have to learn that. I, I came at it from the other direction. I was recording sound, and so I understood sync, how important sync sound up with, with video really is. So, I yeah, you're right. And it's not anything you can convince people of. They have to kind of learn it for themselves. You know, that makes sense, too. Like, one of my favorite um, indie underground flicks is Circus of the Dead by Billy Pond. And I'm oh, yeah, me too. I absolutely love Billy Pond. The sound in that movie is its worst part. There's a lot of things that I'm sitting there inching closer to the TV going, what's popcorn saying? What's this happening? Huh? You know, and I've watched it enough that I get way past it. I don't care. And it's such a visually stunning movie and the story's so great that I get past it. But I've always wondered. I'm like, man, 
Terrifier gets so much more loved in this movie, and I'm like, Terrifier is half the movie that uh, Circus of Dead is. But the sound in Terrifier, one, is beautiful, and two, they were smart enough to go, oh, don't let the clown say anything. That way we don't have to worry about sound. We can just do it all in post. So half that movie well, is like a silent movie that they just kind of fix. Well, and Terrifier is okay. As a film, there's no narrative to it at all, but it has one really good design, and it, it yeah. sells the shit out of that design. <laughs> it's yeah. like, look yeah. at this clown! Look at him! <laughs> you know, basically, look at him do weird shit! You know? Yep. And, and Popcorn's not like that at all. Popcorn is is a much more, I wouldn't say nuanced character, though. But Oberus is doing some nuanced shit in that movie, actually. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, he's got He's got a lot more going on than the Terrifier. The Terrifier is a classic slasher villain, and and uh, you know I, I don't know what you would call Popcorn. A, a, a psychopath just happens to wear a clown costume, kind of like Gacy, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, you know, uh, that's not even right either because Gacy was weird, fat dude, right? I mean, I don't mean fat mm. in 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 a derogatory. Not I don't want to. It's not the S word because I don't believe in that. Just so you know, it's not like that. But you know, he wasn't like he was just this weird guy that mama's boy that hang out with kids in a clown costume. Didn't do anything to the kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, I don't need to talk about Gacy. Uh, that, if you want to talk about Gacy, that's Raven's job. job. Raven, Raven's the, the 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 true detective girl here. So, uh, or sexy witch, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron too. But I always consider the, the when it comes because she, Aaron Marie is overall television, like all of it. You, you in particular, really hone in on those true crime things. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm gonna die all the time. That's great, but I can't stop <laughs> watching them. <laughs> well, I like that response. Good. You're not gonna die. That's the good news is, at least not right yeah. now. Um most eighty percent of us will not die. Just remember that in Huzzah. the next two weeks. Twenty percent of us might. Oh, I hopefully I, I just put that in my hypochondria mind for life. Eighty percent of us won't die. Like, all right, I have a chance. That's what I'm gonna agree yeah. to. Just life no. in general. Immortal. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna you you already live forever because you've created. Ooh, oh, shivers down the spine, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you're on film. People will remember you. We we will post if 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 I pass, you can like post like you know you can my one shot on the FP movie, you know, of me and going ah. Oh, Erin oh, Marie is saying goodbye. Everyone, say goodbye to Erin Marie, <laughs> and uh, I will goodbye. see you tomorrow. Anyways, bye bye. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye. Sorry, there's no convention. <laughs> so everybody so has to go. She's actually getting ready to come see me. So originally I was just going to be a pit stop, Richard, but now it sounds like I have her for the weekend. So hey, that's so fun. You can make your own con. You know. Yeah, then I'm straight. It's not like I don't have a movie collection. Exactly. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, or if we end like up a having things to watch. Like, I have Netflix. I'm good there. Uh, I have a shit ton of uh, Arrow and Vinegar Syndrome 
movies I haven't even cracked yet, including some classics that I've never seen, like The Sorceress with William Freakin by William Freakin and uh, Mausoleum and The Uninvited and Change Changeling. I have all sorts of kick-ass movies. I'm ready for this isolation period. So you say what, William Freakin what, did The Sorceress, like The Exorcist, William Freakin? Yeah. Huh. Go for it. Okay. Right. With Linda Blair, I think that's correct, right? Yeah. Yep. Holy shit. Go figure. I, I just ended up watching The Exorcist the other night because you know, rest in peace, Max. Uh, and I was watching it, and yeah. I was like, oh, well, I need to read stuff because I was like, I swore he was dead long before this, uh, before he died. Because oh, I thought he was he old, the old priest. But then I'm like, he was right? 44 when he did The Exorcist. Hold on. So I'm sitting there reading stuff. And going into this deep behind-the-scenes, not watch-behind-the-scenes feature, I've done everything I can for The Exorcist. I love that movie. And I ended up three hours into just different articles going, I know nothing about this movie. I, <laughs> I love Wax on Seedow's interview about The Exorcist is that, you know, after that, he could not get work because people thought he was an old man. No, he did his prime. But Dick Miller, uh, Dick Miller's, not Dick Miller. Is that right? Oh fuck! What's the name of the the the, the, the yeah. makeup artist? It is Dick Miller. Isn't yes, it? Dick Miller. Like, no, Dick yeah, Miller's like, exorcist. Dick Miller's uh, old man Dick makeup Smith. is Dick Smith. Dick Smith. There he is. Dick uh, Miller is the guy you all know. Dick Miller is the actor. Right. Yeah, Dick Smith. Yeah, Dick Smith. Okay. Fuck. I I, I was stuck right. on Dick. But either way, he's still the best. He was the best. Rest in peace himself. Right. The best old man makeup artist we've ever had. Period. Oh, Dick Smith was. Man, you know, I, I never knew. Never knew. You know, uh, and and it's funny because I would look. You look at it, and Dick Smith nailed what he was going to look like as an old man. Yeah. Mm. He really did. I, I actually give him a lot of credit for that. I, I, I'm, I'm not one of these people that is a huge fan of The Exorcist. Like, I'm not, like, in love with it, but I do appreciate it as an art form. And everyone is totally solid in that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it comes to the technical end of it. I'm, uh, the movie itself, well, you know, legendary. Everyone's afraid of it. I guess being because I was pagan that it never scared me as much as some people. So, ah. I don't know. See, Maybe I grew up that Southern Baptist, and so like to me that was the height of terrifying. Like, oh, this ain't just I, ghost I, demons. That's the devil. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, no. I I am sure. Yeah, that's why I understand why people like are freaked out by it. But I had never actually had that like terrified connection to it that some people have. But my mom was a Baptist. I was raised Baptist. So I understand the imagery just fine. But then she converted to paganism when she was 12, when I was 12, which you can mm-hmm. imagine was quite a big shock. <laughs> so, uh, so I had it both, you know, so I was, you know, it, it, it's a little bit different situation for me than other people. But then again, I am a different person. I am strange and unusual. Um, Miss Lydia Dietz there. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> So besides your movie, obviously, which is fairy tale based, right? You you jump a little Riding Hood. There's actual fairies, and you know you do all sorts of weird things, right? So yeah. what's your, what what is talk about your influences and not just like your favorite fairy tales. So talk about those too. But talk about I also wanted to talk to you about one of your favorite subjects, which is folklore, 
and mm-hmm. and what what obviously you're influenced by fairy tales and folklore. So what movies influence you in particular? Gotcha. So um, I, I've always been into the fairy tales, even as a kid. There was a uh, we'll get my age in here. Like I grew up on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And in particular, there was one episode that had uh, Bobcat Goldwaite in it to where he played the Sandman, and he pulled a girl under her bed, and this girl was huge into fairy tales, reading the Brothers Grimm, and she comes into the land of Nod. And this fascinated me as a kid. I was like, oh, my God, we can get sucked into fairy tales? And I would, you know, devour everything I could from this. The one thing that I found that you could get a lot of uh, that wasn't so much what not folklore what you would think, the modern folklore was the urban legends. Uh, so mm-hmm. I always loved, you know, like the tale of the Hookman and the, you know, the American folklore, basically. Uh, my favorite was a movie called Campfire Tales that had James Marsden and Amy Smart in it. Uh, very, like, 90s straight-to-video kind of movie that no one's ever seen. But if you ever get a chance to look it up, it's called Campfire Tales. Three stories and a really cool wraparound. Uh, but the thing that gets me the most now, so, you know, past the urban legends, is we're living in a time of folklore renaissance in American cinema with The Witch, Midsummer, Lighthouse. Um, it's just like everywhere, these little folk tale movies. And it's like, oh, I am, I love every single one of them. Uh, even though Midsummer, as much as I loved it, I'll never watch it again because it just messed me up too much. I was freaked out the whole time because I thought oh, I was on drugs. Oh, man, I've watched so. it in its entirety three times now. Oh, the movie I do that to gets- the witch. It gets better and better every time I say it. Uh, really? You don't get, anyway. You don't, I have nightmares over that movie. I just wake up and think someone slipped me ass it, and I'm like, Aaron oh, Marie, no, Marie can vouch the first time we saw it, I couldn't stop giggling through the movie. I was loving it so much because I was like, oh, I know what's about to happen. Oh, my God, they went there. Oh, my God, they went there. I was just right. loving every minute of it. You know, how awkward it is, how uncomfortable the audience was. And I just, <laughs> oh, my God. The only thing that drove me nuts was the runes are complete gibberish. And they and it turns out it was intentional, so they wouldn't offend anybody. But I've been, oh. I was trying to read them. And it kept going, why can't I read these? <laughs> I kept going nuts on that, you know. It turns out he was doing it on purpose. So, you know, these aren't right. These aren't real runes. What the hell? You know, the only runes that were real were the ones on their lapels. Those actually meant stuff. But um, the, the rest of them were like the ones on the epitaphs, the, the stone ones. They meant nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was brilliant. But uh, I, I, but if those, yeah, there is the modern folk horror, but folk horror goes always. I mean, you got to think folk horror, fairy tales, and horror go they're hand in hand. They go together oh, yeah. back in the day. I mean, I, the one I always go to immediately would be Mario Bava's Sunday. I mean, that 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 is one of my favorite folk horror movies. I would say of all time. I, I don't know how many times I've rewatched that one with Barbara Steele. Uh, love that movie. Um, and uh, I was like, I'm hoping somebody in this group has seen it. Oh yeah, I I own it. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Uh, you know, there's that. And I'm trying to think what other 
uh, it, that's a really obscure one. I had an obscure one come to my head, um, which is obviously heavy on the folklore. Um, I was thinking The Terror with Jack Nicholson, but that's not a great film, but it does have an awesome melty witch in it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, she's a sexy witch. Indeed. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, I know that you have, Richard, you have a love for Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was thinking of this now, like you were saying this, and I was like, oh, let me go to more classics. So where you get to Bigfoot, there's one. You ever seen one called The Maze? Uh, I want to say it was 19 – it was black and white. It had to be late 50s mm. or very early 60s. Um, and I found it stumbling on Amazon Prime once, and it's about this family that moves into uh, – they inherit an old castle somewhere in England, and they keep reading these stories about these creatures that lived on the land that were half toads, half humans – and, like, the whole movie is they're like, I think I saw one. And it's the dumbest, most offensive movie you'll ever see in today's day and age. But back then it would have been terrifying uh, because it's really just about deformities and about people getting shoved into little rooms. And they're like, oh, thank God, they were tortured souls. Uh, but, yeah, that being said, Bigfoot, oh, gosh, I love Bigfoot. I am Bigfoot. I played him once. Mm-hmm. And I've been cons multiple times since. It, it, he has a suit. I've seen him wear it. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, it's pretty awesome. So, you know, there's the overlap with cryptozoology. I mean, I'm trying to think of like there, there, what was there was a folk horror movie that just came out a couple weeks ago. What was it? Uh, Mr. Osgood did it. Uh, the Hansel and Gretel movie. Did any of us see that? No, not yet. I heard it was amazing to look at. So uh, I'm hoping or. Or whatever was, or or here's another one, uh, modern one. Ben Wheatley, um, in England, he's been nailing it with his stuff. Um, he did Kill List, and he did that Once Upon a Time in the Field, that really weird one. It's all psychedelic. <laughs> Do you know what was that? Do you know Ben Wheatley? He also did that uh, road tripping one with the two. Um, you don't know Ben Wheatley. He did High Rise with uh with with Loki. Oh, I saw High Rise. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> I just said, Tom Hilton, yes, you've seen that movie. I highly recommend Ben Wheatley movies. I think he might be one of my favorite modern directors right now. Um, right. But he did Kill List, which is really cool. It's a combination of kind of like Pulp Fiction meets Wicker Man. So it's kind of neat. Um, highly recommend it. Of course, Wicker Man is the end-all, be-all of pagan folk horror. Uh, I mean, mm. for a long time until Midsummer, it was kind of the main game in town, you know, but, uh, you know, th- but there's always been this, like, connection with folk horror and, and, and fairy tale. Um, the one that I recently saw that I really loved, and if you haven't seen it yet, Richard, after we're off air and you want to chill, put it on. You're going to blow your mind, all right? It's called the uh, it's called the Devil and the and the Blacksmith. It's from Basque, which is the oh, region of yes, Spain. Yes, it's on Netflix. Yes, it's phenomenal. All of you should see it. Um, but here's the thing: it defaults to show. English. Do not watch it in English. I repeat: do not watch it in English. It lo- it is a terrible dub in the first place, and you also lose performance. Go in, hit the subtitles, and turn on the native language, and watch it in the Basque, and watch it in subtitles. And it is absolutely one of the coolest films I've seen in a long time. It was directed by the same guy 
or produced by the same guy who did Witchin' and Bitchin' a few years ago, which is another mm-hmm. folk horror tale I highly, highly recommend. And uh, the girls are the witches, but guess who's doing the bitchin'? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, not the women in the story. Uh, so um, I, I recommend that one as well. Uh, I, I, I love that what Basque is doing. There's a, it, the region of Basque in Spain is producing all these really weird little folk horror films that are just absolutely delightful and you know Basque region is basically like Wiccan but Spanish so you get all sorts of strange stuff happening they have their own language I got to work with the Basques a few uh, people from Basque a few years ago got to watch them play Highlight in front of me which is really cool um, Highlight is that game like in Tron with the ball and the big mm-hmm. basket and you throw it again uh, wow it is super fast by the way I've never seen a sport that fast before uh, that wasn't a car. Um, so, uh, you know, anything that can, Richard, you, you, you are the, the maestro of the fairy tale. Is there one movie in particular that you, if you could remake any fairy tale horror movie, uh, which one would it be? Oh, this is, all right. So this is going to sound so weird. My goal okay. in life is to make American McGee's Alice. It's not, it's not been made. Like, Alice in Wonderland has been done a million times. There's been some creepy versions. My personal favorite is Running Scared with Paul Walker. Uh, if you've not seen it, it's an action movie. You don't realize you're watching Alice in Wonderland, but that is Alice in Wonderland. I, I've totally through. seen it. Yeah, it's Alice in Wonderland. Go back. There's Tweedledee and Tweedledum. They're pedophiles. Uh, you know, it's him chasing his kids. It's the white rabbit through this town, and it's an amazing movie. But I've always wanted to do just straight – up American McGee's Alice to where it's like 10 years later, she's been in an asylum and she comes back to Wonderland, but it's twisted because her mind is twisted. And that to me is the ultimate fairy tale that, you know, they try to do it, but it's just like, it needs a budget. It needs, it needs the Tim Burton money on it, you know, but not give it to Tim <laughs> Burton on this because then they'll be happy. Like I want, um, you know, I want David Fincher to do it to where it's just dark and it's the girl with the dragon tattoo going through Wonderland. Oh, well, that'd be cool. I was thinking more like a Neil Gaiman-y feel to it, but that would work, I still too. Think that would be too happy. I like. I just need just that very dark movie the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> too happy. Neil Gaiman's too happy. You know you're know. going nihilistic. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my funny. ultimate goal. Like, yeah, that's that'd be my ultimate goal as far as there's other ones. If I was going to take an original aspect, uh, the one folklore that I've never been able to forget is that of the fairies and sprites, the little people. Because if you look around, like every society, uh, no matter how old, how new, at one point their, you know, group consciousness believed in little fairies, and I think that's amazing. It's probably you know something psychological to do that we're like, oh, we can't see it, so we just make little people up in our mind that do it. But I just think it's really cool that we all kind of at one point believed it. And I love that idea. And there's not that many movies about it where there's uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, you know, the 70s and then the Del Toro one. Uh, it's a pretty good folklore movie. I, I was thinking that one, and I've mentioned this on the show before, that one of the films that terrified me the most as a kid was Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Sean, Sean Connery scares me too. 
I was going to say, not just because of Sean Connery singing, though there's that also, but, but the Banshee and the little people and the come hither and all of that. I mean, the leprechauns can't be trusted, man. They're kind of scary. Yeah, you know, they really are. Like, uh, even the, the, the cheesy 90s one is an awesome 2016, 17 uh, sequel they just did. It was amazing. Uh, but even those, like, Screw the leprechaun, man. I don't want Lucky Charms. Cinnamon Toast Charms. That's the only thing I'm doing. I, I got to interview Brian Trenchard Smith, speaking of a leprechaun, um, on the show last year. And that was really neat. Awesome. Leprechauns. He directed the one in Vegas. <laughs> and in space. And, yeah, and in space. That's right. He did the space one, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Making leprechaun in Vegas. And or electricon in space, and they go, you know, we like this enough. Let's invite you back. You can do another one. Be like, really? That wasn't the career ender there. I get another chance. <laughs> hey, you know, someone's got to make those movies. Brian Church okay. Smith is always a good one for that. Um, have you ever seen? Speaking of Alice, one of my favorite versions of Alice. Actually, I haven't seen the whole oh. thing yet. It's going to be an episode of Repo Nerds. I've only seen part of it. Is Jan Shemakier's from Czech yeah. Republic? Uh, his version of Alice. Um, it's the only one of his movies that I haven't seen in its entirety, and I can't wait to see it. What? Um, yeah, I know. I, it's on Netflix. I have not seen the whole thing, uh, oh but I'm God. saying I'm gonna. We're, um, Steve and I are gonna have a special episode of Repo Nerds where I watch that, and I'm making him watch Lunacy, which is brilliant. <laughs> oh my God! You want to talk about folk horror at its best? I, it's it's more asylum horror, but it it combines. Puppetry, uh, lunacy combines puppetry and live action, time travel, asylum horror, and Marquis de Sade for good measure. Uh, it, it is wild, wild fucking movie. I, I really, it, like, right, once again, Richard, you want to see a wild movie? Lunacy, try that one from the Czech Republic. Yeah, I think that one Look, will blow your mind. You lost me at Puppets. But then he had me back with Marquis, man. I'm like, all right, hold on. Oh no, this his is, puppets. This might be a weird erection. <laughs> his puppets are, and, and and his version of Alice has a lot of puppets too. And he also did a version of Faust, which is crazy. Uh, it, puppets aren't even the right word for it. It, it it's it's grown up mature adult puppetry, it, it, and it, it it's in small doses. And in, in in lunacy, it's used in vignettes in between sequences, which you'll like because you like wraparound stories. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, in other words, in Faust, it's used as a... I can't even explain. Can Raven, can you even explain how he mixes like surrealism with puppetry and live action? Because I've never seen any other director do this. Uh, no. It's so <laughs> hard to explain. <laughs> it... it, it at one point in his move, in his move, his version of Faust, the the puppet, which looks like a Punch puppet, right? You know, from Punch and Judy, mm-hmm. um, but it's full size, it's wooden. Suddenly leaves the set and comes into the real world without strings, and it, and it's like it, it, it's just, and then it relapsed back in on itself, and it's still a play. I mean, it is just the most bizarre. Uh, you, I can't even explain this guy's work in that, but he's that good, and he's he's one of my favorite horror folk horror directors in the world. I would say is this guy. So look his look his stuff up. But um, you don't understand the fear you've instilled in me because I am 
of a slight different mindset than you. I grew up where I got like the later end of the puppets and they just freaked me out. Like I can't deal with seventies, <laughs> you know, puppet stuff. There was a, at Six Flags in Atlanta, Georgia, there's a ride called monster mansion, which is the baby ride. Everyone gets on it. And there's a lot of those waving neon monsters. They're like, welcome to the monster mansion. I have never cried more than my life at 23 <laughs> on that ride because I can't deal with puppets, man. And you're telling me there's a horror movie that's surreal and puppets come out at you? No. <laughs> well, it's not. It's, it's more surrealist and scary. Well, no, watch Lunacy then, because Lunacy would be more. It, like I said, the the puppets are actually literally meat. Uh, <laughs> that one. So they're not yeah, really what puppets. I under the fur is meat. That's terrifying. That's a skinless puppet. <laughs> 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 but right the Marquis de Sade stuff. Oh, and Edgar Allan Poe. So imagine if the Marquis de Sade and Edgar Allan Poe had a meat puppet baby that went crazy and lived in an asylum. That's lunacy for you. Sure. Well, and, yeah. and yet it doesn't even begin to be. explain this story. <laughs> that yeah. is just, it is absolutely one of the weirdest movies and coolest movies I've ever seen and uh, in, and and using the Marquis de Sade's actual like dial uh, and Edgar Allan Poe's actual dialogue and writing as dialogue is so cool <laughs> to do so you know I love when they do stuff like that so we'll, we'll, we'll forgive you if you don't watch Faust but I still would want you to watch literally so Faust is pretty kick ass I think it's amazing but uh, you know each to his own. I, I didn't know you had a fear of puppets. You shouldn't tell me your secrets, Mr. Richard Tanner. Oh my God. We, can use, the, the, we can use them against you, man. <laughs> the fears of Richard Tanner are so weird. Like, because people, I've been on panels before at different cons where they're like, hey, let's talk about cryptozoology. Like, are you afraid of Bigfoot? Are you afraid of werewolves? And they came to me, and yeah. I'm like, you know, to be honest with you, no, I'm just scared of horses. And everyone starts laughing. I'm like, this ain't a joke. This is my life. Have you seen horses? They're huge. They could kick oh, me yeah. and I could die. That's terrifying. I, I will, my husband has a fear of horses. It's a safe fear. Because how many werewolves have I ran into? None. How many <laughs> horses? Like two. And each time, it was a very <laughs> tense moment. One because a cop was on it, but that's beside the point. It doesn't help. Everyone... <laughs> I'm not afraid of horsies. I love horsies. But, you know, there are yeah, things I'm afraid I'm of afraid. cops. You're afraid of what? Cows? Huh? What? Did you say cows, race? <laughs> I said I'm afraid of cops. <laughs> oh, cops. But who isn't? Oh, yeah, it, it, it was a callback. It, it was a wraparound to the other joke. Never mind. I'll just be here. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. I'm with uh, you. I'm, I'm checking. Thanks, uh, yeah. So, um... I'm trying to think of all the, the, there's so many amazing, like, I, I just really enjoy, like, first of all, that you, you love this and indie films need to do more fairy horror because so often do we see indie horror fall back into, ah, slasher, Jason, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> into the woods with a campground. And, and don't get me wrong, a well-executed slasher is a well-executed slasher. I have nothing wrong with that. I just find it it's mm-hmm. easy and cheap to do the guy with the mask with the knife walking around killing the ingenue. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. I agree completely. A good movie is a good movie, but man, and I don't want to 
I don't want to shit on anyone in the new world because I love. No, I, I don't because I love my boys, you know. Exactly, but it's like, God, guys, let's get a little deeper. I know most of you aren't like I have a degree in English, so my point in directing comes more from a story than it does visually or trying to mimic a movie. It's like I have a story I want to tell, and I go with that. But you watch all these other ones, and it's like I get that you're trying to figure out what you could do. So you're like, all right, you can't afford to make a werewolf. That's fine. I can't do that either. I made Bigfoot. Uh, but, like, stop making just a crazy dude. Like, come on, someone do a ghost story out there. All right, come on, someone do, you know, folklore. Someone do this. Like, there's a ton more than just a crazy dude with a knife because you don't know how to do a gun effect and have someone shoot somebody. Someone do Liberty Standing. That's what I want to see in the indie world. Of course, then we see a news report that someone died because they had a sniper on a roof without a permit. But there is plenty of indie horror that has low budgets that look amazing and do well. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about ghost horror, I was thinking of that movie, The Ghost Story, that came out a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was thinking and of that, too. Oh, yeah, the basically, yeah. asshole, and I do mean asshole because the guy underneath that sheet is an asshole in real life, uh, but he's a ghost. He's a sheet ghost, like a classic fucking sheet ghost, and he basically stands and stares in a window for an hour and a half, yet it's completely compelling. <laughs> so, oh, we're talking about the one with Casey Affleck. I'm, sorry, I'm looking at I'm thinking of the British yeah. anthology. Oh, the no, Casey Affleck. Yeah, too. yeah. That, that makes more sense too. with the asshole comment now. I get yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, now you get it. <laughs> See, you, you, you were there. Yeah, I'm you with you there. now. Like, oh, yeah, no, this makes more sense. I'm like, Man, Martin Freeman's not an asshole. He's a cool guy. <laughs> no, Martin Freeman's is a high boy. I, I, I would marry Martin Freeman. I have this, like, short, Me too. Lang- <laughs> short lanky <laughs> British boys. Well, not lanky, but, like, 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 diminutive, like, like him and Simon Pegg totally rock mm-hmm. my world. I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> so I'm more a Nick Frost cute. guy. Well, Nick Frost is just awesome. <laughs> you, know, you know, he wears the shirts as I got one. Uh, so, you know, but uh, Nick, uh, I mean, you really, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are a, a package deal. You can't go one without the other, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, Geek Husbands. We have, I haven't done a Geek Husbands episode in a while, Raven. It might be time to add new, a new list of Geek Husbands and Wives. I have list. not been a part of that. I, I know no. not of which you speak. It sounds really whorish. I'm in. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's totally whorish. We, we sometimes occasionally do an episode, usually um, it, it, where we ruin the special test completely, and we talk about Perfect. our favorite crushes, so geek husbands gotcha. and geek wives. So not people that um, are like, like, it's not like Brad Pitt. It'd be more like, for me, it's like, you know, Simon Pegg, you know, uh, Nathan Fillion. So he is hot by all standards, but, you know, but, you know, the more hmm. nerdy choices, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, Aubrey Plaza, she comes up a lot. Yes. Smoking hot. Um, and she's nerdy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Aaron's like, yep. You know, things like that. I'm sure Richard has his list, you know, um, I would put Ellie Church in the Geek Wives um, stitch. I think she's absolutely amazing person. Uh, so, and boy, have you done Ellie. some terrible things to Ellie Church, Mister Richard Tanner? Not in te- not on purpose. It's <laughs> she's done more horrible things to me. Okay, look, I almost got kicked out of the hotel because of her. Eh, well, you know. Well, yeah, maybe that was more. Maybe that was more Aaron Brown. But I'm going to blame Ellie because she was the one to talk to me. 
dude, Richard Tanner and his boys at one point during a film had poor Ellie Church on her hands and knees as they're dropping tacks on her when she's just wearing a G-string. Ah, yeah. you're blaming me. I was actually, because I read this, I was only uh, in talks with Frank, uh, Frankenstein Creative Bikers. I actually never worked on that set. No, you didn't, but your friends sure the hell did. <laughs> always, oh. all, all the Atlanta boys. Like yeah. you saw what they you saw what they did that, to her on that movie. She didn't even care about the tax. The story I always got, and because uh, our buddy Nathan Hamilton loves telling it, is Nathan used to uh-huh. raise and tra- and train. I guess is the word. I don't know how you train them, but used to raise and train cockroaches, and he just loved because there were so many cockroaches in the movie. He's the cockroach wrangler as well as an actor, and he just keeps bringing the cockroaches out to a naked Ellie and going. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> well, you need actors and actresses that will go the mile, for, especially in horror movies. You know, that's one of the reasons why Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi get along so well together. Not just their best friends. Sam Raimi says he keeps hiring Bruce because he can literally throw anything on him and he won't complain about it. <laughs> you know. it on. I'll give you you an exclusive here uh, that I've not shared anywhere publicly, but I'll tell you. Uh, So one of my favorite actors now is a dude named uh, John Devlin. He was in Uh uh, Frankenstein, Creative Bikers, Amazon, Hotbox. He plays a couple roles in Once Upon a Nightmare, but one particular, he plays Pinocchio. And what we did is we did the story of a guy with a birth defect that his skin grows like bark basically. And his whole thing is he wants to be in a real industry, not just a circus sideshow where he's kind of stuck in. And he gets pulled into a porn. And that's as far as I'm going to tell you the story. But what's great <laughs> is we never talked – like there's in the script it's just like porn shoot happens. And then we just skip and I gave it to someone else to direct that segment. And all of a sudden John shows up and they're like, hey, here, put this between your legs and drop trowel. And it's just this mm-hmm. wooden – phallic thing that's supposed to be his dick we don't see it so it's very subtle glances of like a broom knob carved into a penis and him just butt ass naked running mm-hmm. around set with people doing awful things to him and god bless that man because it was like 30 degrees that day and he, he did it oh god awesome. covered in prosthetics too well cool so we're going to wrap up here pretty soon, Richard. So before we do that, we should make sure we plug your stuff, give them your information on your Kickstarter, which even though you have finished filming, hooray, um, there's <laughs> always room for money for post-production, uh, <laughs> which is actually for indie films is often the hardest part. So, um, you know, because you have to put the stuff together. So, of course, it sounds like, Richard, you're going to be alone in the in a room by yourself for a while in the next two weeks. You'll have plenty of time to do some editing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to – I'll probably um, – I'm, I'm working I'm, – I'm actually cleaning up my spec script for Karate Kid Massacre. I think that's what I'm going to do. I need to oh, finish – I got to do some work on it. Huh? That's a great title. I love that. Yeah, it probably wouldn't fly as a movie if I actually got it produced. I would act, uh, so that's just its working title because it's a great pitch. But my real yeah. name of it is going to be "Give Him a Body Bag." 
I, this only is only funny to me because I literally just watched Karate Kid one, two, and three this week. So you, really? You know, I know those yeah. movies like up and down, back and forth, and I've wrote a horror film based on the Karate Kid called The Karate Kid Massacre. Make his knuckles bleed. Yeah, no, I gotta put that in there somewhere. I haven't written that in yet. Yeah. Um, I have wax on, fuck off in there even. I was very pleased that I was able to work that in. Uh, so, uh, and actually, I realized on set, Aaron, when I was there, that I have my perfect Miyagi. It's fucking KCDC. It's Art Sue. He would be perfect in my movie. Um, <laughs> do you think he would actually do it? Ooh, 973. Hey, we got mm-hmm. a phone call. You want to see what it is before we go? No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, well, we should, because that's polite. 973, area code. You're welcome. You're on with the sexy witches. That might be someone I know. What's up? Yes, it is, Liz. Ah, it sounds like my friend John Hazel. He's been on the show before. Welcome back to Sexy Witches. What's up? Not much. Just figured I'd have the night off and I'd listen in tonight. Oh, excellent. And and John is not a huge fan of modern horror, but he does like older horror. So let me ask you this, John. What is your favorite folk or fantasy uh, fairy tale horror film? Like from the old days. I I mentioned Black Sunday. Well... I don't know many of those, but what I was thinking of was uh, when you folks were talking about it, there was one Doctor Who episode with (laughs) David Tennant, and I forget the title, where it dealt with evil fairies. Uh, I believe they were after children at the time. You know, though, that's one thing, Richard, uh, you know, I want to say about Doctor Who. There's been some terrifying folk villains in there. You got the mm-hmm. the, the weeping the weeping angels and, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just about the Daleks, even though those are awesome. Um, but, uh, so, and yeah, I can see that. And you were talking about Simon Pegg as well, who starred as yeah. an evil villain in one of the Doctor Who episodes as well. Yes, he did. Is he a villain? Yeah. 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 Oh he's, my god! He's kind I of the the dog heavy. He's kind of the uh, the underling of the big like villain. Season one, yeah. isn't it? Mm, which, which, I don't remember. I thought which it was Eccleston. Is it is it X? I've seen all the X though. I, I could be remember. mixing it up, but I thought there was an episode where he like ran some weird computer center, but there was some exactly. sentient, like blob yeah. thing on the ceiling. Yeah, that's Eccleston. Yeah. Oh, is that the? Oh, yes, that's right. The episode with, with Bad Wolf is introduced in that episode. Yeah. I totally know that episode. That is an egg. That's mm-hmm. Simon Pegg. I totally forgot he was in that. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god. Blob. Okay. The world is right again. Liz remembers the Doctor Who Well, I've gotten a lot of useless information in my brain, and right now the coronavirus is squeezing out a third of it. So, uh, you know. So, and I'm so glad, Richard, that I saw you before all this shit went down. (laughs) Yeah, true, because I'm not leaving the house ever again, you know. Because we had a... We had a great time in Days of the Dead, and, you know, we were all hanging out together, and, you know, even with the murders, and the, and the coronavirus had just arrived, and, but, and so when I was walking around Atlanta, people had face masks on, but no one was really worried about it. 
you know. So then I go out to the SP, and it, it breaks right after I flew home. So, uh, you know, or Funny, right when I didn't I even get the con from this year. Like, I came out of that con perfectly fine, never even lost a step. Same here. I came out better yeah. than it actually when I went in, because when I went in, I had a little cough. I didn't have it anymore when I left. So mm-hmm. it might have been the Boulet brothers. They were healing. <laughs> oh, so, um, they were so amazing. Oh, my God. They were so worth the visit. But you were worth the visit, too. I really came down there to see you and Nathan, uh, most of all, because uh, you're my boys, and you guys don't north enough. Damn right. <laughs> so now, since we all have some time on our hands and a lot of canceled uh, conventions, maybe you should come up mm-hmm. and visit once you get your uh, once post-production's in a comfortable spot. It'll be soon. Okay. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking to travel at least. I'll take you around DC and stuff. And uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh! On a, on a side note, complete side note, but it, it's semi-related. The oldest uh, tunnel of love ride in the United States is in the in Pittsburgh in Kennywood, which isn't too far from where they filmed Night of Living Dead in Monroeville. Um, it's been closed down, and it's gonna fucking reopen, which is like a big wow. deal. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's a reason to come. Mm-hmm. Richard and Aaron, Mr. Amusement Park yeah. enthusiast Aaron Kogan, who I've been trying uh, to get out to go see Kenny Wood for how long now? Right. Yeah, yeah right. gives you a reason. Also, it's also band organ year at at, at Knoebels. So, so maybe you should really seriously think about coming out this June if we're not all dead. <laughs> if we're not all dead, yes. That's the spirit. Yeah, so that that was uh, that that does not kill us makes us want to go to amusement parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once again, we got distracted, but it's wonderful. I'm really glad. Thank you, calling again, John, for calling. Richard, plug your stuff. Tell us where your Kickstarter gotcha. is, where you're currently at on the Kickstarter. You mentioned it before, but mention it again. And where they can find Frank and Thugs because you worked on that movie. Well, that was your movie. Not worked on yeah. it. It was your fucking <laughs> that movie. That was my movie. I that's still want for. you. I want you to do Trap House of the Living Dead someday. I think that's such a great idea. It just sells itself. Hmm. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, you can find me. I do have a website. It's uh, BuckShortProductions.com, which is probably not working at the time because I did not pay my bill. Uh, but the best <laughs> way to find me be Facebook.com slash A Buck Short Productions. My Kickstarter is, uh, uh, you go to Kickstarter, it's a Mother News Presents, Once Upon a Nightmare. Trust me, no one else has that name. Uh, hmm. You can, I'm a buck short anywhere. It's easy to find me. Uh, the other thing with that, Frank and Thug is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, and also, soon to be, here's another announcement that I get to do here first. It makes me happy. Yeah. It's going to be part of Troma Now. Uh, Troma Now has picked it up, so I'm part of Troma. Oh, yeah. Yay. Troma. I know, you, this is like my proudest moment. Uh, Frank and Thug made me talk to That is amazing on so many levels because you've always wanted to be part of that family, and now you are. <laughs> See, dream really low and you can achieve. That's what that's my goal in life. Team low. Be hey, part of the world. If you're gonna low 
lowball your life. There's nothing wrong with lowballing to trauma. That's for damn sure. Amen. Some of of my favorite people in the world came from trauma. Jennifer Aspinall, Eli Roth, you know, Lloyd Kaufman himself, of course. And now Richard fucking Tanner. Hell yeah. We're a great family, good company, and we can't wait. I'm so excited. Are you gone? Did you go? Richard, drop. I was going to say goodbye. Dropped. 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 Oh, my God. Goodbye, Richard. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye, Richard. Love you. I just said bye. Love you. Let's see. He dropped. He dropped. That was funny. No, no. Everyone else is still okay. here. Even John Hayes yep. is still here. So I'm we're leaving here. for the night. And I'm I'm sorry Richard dropped. I hope I didn't offend him somehow by mentioning Eli Rod. No. no, I was making a joke <laughs> anyways because he's much more interesting than Eli Roth to me because he's my friend. And we want to support him. <laughs> so go to Kickstarter. Support his movie. Mother News Presents. Once Upon a Nightmare. And Rent Frankenstein. I, I own it. It's good. A Buck Short Productions. And someday he'll make he'll make uh, Trap House of the Living Dead. Oh, he's back. Let's give him a quick goodbye. All right. I was wishing you goodbye. So quick goodbyes, my sir. Bye, everybody. Bye, Richard. Thank you for calling. I'm sorry you dropped. Don't die Thanks in the pandemic. Wash your hands yep. and drink a lot of orange juice. All right? It can do. You guys stay safe. All right, much love Thank to you, you. and, and well. much love to John. Thank you for calling. We always love you to are hear welcome. caller. Mm-hmm. And of course, to my sexy which is Aaron. Aaron, I will see you hopefully again soon. If not now, later, um, we'll see you for mm-hmm. sure in August because I don't think right. they're going to cancel Star Wars Celebration. Hopefully, this whole thing will be over. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Hopefully. Unless we're all dead. Um, Raven, <laughs> thank you for being on the show as usual. And we will Let's pretty soon have a Raven centric episode. We'll have to figure out oh, what dear. that's going to be. Hooray! Oh, dear. Yay. Apologies well, we in advance. <laughs> so, and thank you, my audience, for sticking with us for this two hours. And I actually am thinking, everyone, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, there will be a Repo Nerds episode um, um, next week, next Wednesday, which is, what is that, 18th? And we are doing the works of Alejandro Jorinovsky. Uh, I'm going to watch, uh, we're going to rewatch and watch uh, Holy Mountain and Santa Sangri. So I'm uh, really looking forward to two staples of the um, surreal and horror community. Um, and uh, we'll be back with another one of these on the 25th of March. If we're not dead, we'll catch up with what's going on. Uh, we'll see if uh, if, the, if the April conventions are going to happen. And uh, we don't have to compete with March Madness. And also coming up, hmm. it's also <laughs> Raven. Guess what? What? It's madness theme season. Yes. We gotta talk about it. It's time to, it's time to lock down the theme. So y'all are going uh, down, bitches. Yeah, but, well, we gotta think about what the theme is gonna be. I would say that on the short list this year, I know our animal pandemic. attack, <laughs> pandemic, because we and yep. um, <laughs> so animal attack, pandemics, and my all-time favorite one that I've never actually done: horror culture. Which is evil plants. 
Um, so nice. it might be one of those three. I don't know yet. We might be something else. Uh, we Raven and I have time to think about it. So we will do that. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a week for Repo Nerds and two weeks for uh, Sexy Witches. And I'm going to leave you tonight with the metal band Accept. And guess what the name of their song is? Pandemic. Yes, folks. Nice. <laughs> Good film hunting. Blessed be. Good night, everyone.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.